Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon podcast. Uh, it's a good one today, an exciting one. We are a day away from the Masters, kicking off 2016 Masters. And uh, we had Gary Player on the podcast on Monday, obviously a three-time champion, a three-time green jacket holder. Well, I figured a, a good contrast would be to bring on somebody that's never played in the Masters and is playing in this first one. And so uh, 22-year-old Justin Thomas uh, was nice enough, kind enough to jump on the line with us. Um, 34th ranked player in the world, a PGA Tour champion last year in Malaysia. Uh, he goes off at 9.59 a.m. Eastern on Thursday uh, alongside Dustin Johnson and Emiliano Grillo. So a fun group there to watch. Uh, he's playing in his first Masters and extremely excited about it. Uh, posted an Instagram photo the day he got his invite. I mean, you know, any young person playing in a Masters is going to be pumped. Uh, I, I've had, I've been able to spend a little bit of time with with Justin in, in kind of my short time knowing him. A really nice young man, uh, a great player, and really a, a, a different approach um, to the game. I mean, not a big guy, hits in a mile. Uh, you know, even even has some cool sponsorships. Has a deal with GoPro. Uh, and they put out a really cool video uh, in his preparation for the Masters and just really getting to know him. So make sure you go check that out. That'll be on, on our Twitter page, at the Clubhouse Pod. Uh, if you have questions for us following the Masters, use the hashtag ClubhouseSB or send an email to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon at gmail.com. Or you can just send in a tweet at Shane Bacon or at the Clubhouse Pod. But I figured we'll get right to it. I mean, you guys are ready for the Masters. I'm ready for the Masters. Uh, it's going to be a really exciting week, and I think uh, uh, nobody more excited than, than the 22-year-old Justin Thomas. And, uh, and it was a really fun conversation, hitting on you know his preparation for Augusta, um, his time playing with some celebrities that you'll hear about, and really just you know his life as a 22-year-old pro golfer. So uh, let's jump into it. Here we go, Justin Thomas on the podcast. And we welcome into the Clubhouse podcast Justin Thomas, PGA Tour winner. Uh, just 22 years old and already having an incredible career. Do you know that uh, you finished in the top 25 uh, almost 40% of your career starts already? That's that's pretty impressive stuff. I did not know that, no, I guess. Uh, but knowing me, the way I look at that is I wish it was a little bit higher percentage, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good stat to know. Yeah, well, uh, my first question and I ask all, all, all golfers that come on, um, what have you had to eat today? And, and I want specifics. I mean, even if you had something nasty like a donut this morning, it's okay. You're you're in a comfortable place here. Wow, I, I've, that's one I haven't had before. Um, this morning I had a bacon Taylor ham egg and cheese bagel on a wheat bagel, and then for lunch I had a cup of tuna salad, and then a smoothie with um, strawberry, banana, and peanut butter. That's nice. what I've had so far today. Pretty, pretty healthy. I mean, you know, I was kind of expecting one thing to maybe be um, a little off. But um, you are going to the Masters for the first time. I mean, uh, can, mm-hmm. can, you, can you talk to me just about um, the moment you realized that that, that was happening? When, when was that moment when you went, oh, wow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at Augusta National this year? You know, I think like everybody says, when they first get that invitation, you, you don't really officially know. I mean, you, you hope to uh, to get that invite, but... I guess you don't really know until you have it in your hands. So that was uh, that was pretty cool to be able to hold that and and know that I'm officially going. But I think my first practice round after that, I think it was sometime in like January when I uh, when I went there. It was it was kind of like all right, I'm not just playing this for fun anymore. I'm kind of playing it to scout it, and um, I don't know. So that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, and, and, and I listened to you on the Golf Digest podcast. I think it was last year you were on there, and, and you mentioned you played Augusta for the first time as a freshman in college. I mean, you're 18 mm-hmm. years old at Alabama, and, and boom, you're getting a chance to go play Augusta. What was that like? I mean, was that surreal for you? Yeah, it was great. I was very fortunate to where I was on the team at the same time as Lee Knox and his dad, the legend Jeff Knox, out at Augusta. He'd like to take like a group uh, of a couple guys on the team every year, and I was just fortunate to where another guy on the team couldn't go, one of the seniors or one of the older guys. So he asked myself and another teammate, Bobby Wyatt, to go play with him and his dad. And we went a weekend, and it was uh, it was awesome. We had a blast. Obviously, it was. It's just it's so different than any place. It's just it's so so much history and um, so pristine and just man, it's just beautiful. It was uh, it's one of those rounds where usually don't usually don't remember the rounds that don't really mean anything. All right, not don't want to say don't mean anything, but just a round for fun. And uh, that one kind of felt like a tournament. I felt like I remembered that round pretty well. You you could remember all the shots. So you you brought them up. So I've got to ask. Um, and for people that don't know, Jeff Knox uh, is, a, is a member at Augusta, and he plays as a marker mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time when when there's an odd number of people that make the cut. And famously, um, he's played little matches with Sergio Garcia and Rory McIlroy, and he's actually beat those guys. I mean, this guy is an absolute stick, right? Can you talk a little bit about his golf game? Yes, I mean he's a stud. He's he's the reason um, why every practice round I play there, I play with him or I try to. I mean, it's it's also playing with Lee on the team. I mean, I, I got to know him for different reasons and just Augusta. So it, uh, it was just kind of a coincidence. It worked out to where, you know, whenever I'd want to go play, I would let him know when I wanted to play this year. And then he would, he would join and, um, and we would make it work to where we could play together. Cause we have fun when we just kind of go mess around. But then again, he knows it so well that he, uh, you know, I try to ask any, any possible advice and pointers that I can or, or little things that uh local knowledge would, would help on. So, it's it's been great, you know, being with him in, in situations like that. But yeah, he's a great player. I mean, I, I would take him putting there over probably anybody in the world, and um, it's fun to watch him kind of plod his way around there. Yeah, I mean, I think famously he has the record from the the members tees there. I think he shot sixty one or something crazy there one time. Or at least that's that's the lore that was, surrounds his name. Yeah, he, uh, he was twelve hundred through sixteen, and he made he bogeyed seventeen, and he uh, part eighteen. Yeah, so he obviously had a had a chance there for the magical number. I mean, could you imagine at Augusta? Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, I, and I was going to ask you this: you, you have, um, you know, you you've said and you you famously said, you know, when you came on tour and you kind of started to be a pro golfer, you know, you were not shy to ask people uh, questions and to reach out to them and say, you know, where can we stay? What can I do here? Um, you, you know, there's a lot of people to ask about Augusta, but somebody like that who mm-hmm. knows the golf course so well and plays it so many times, I mean, is that like almost? an advantage for you that other players might not have is having a member like that that's that's open to go talk to you and say, you know, you want to be here, you don't want to be here. I mean, has that been really helpful to you? Yeah, I think for a first-timer, for sure. I mean, I just, uh, I mean, I, I would like to think that, I mean, it's kind of hard to word this, but it's obviously the, the rookies or the, you know, the first-timers, it's, they don't exactly have the best statistics at Augusta and the Masters. And and I can see why. I mean, I feel like I'm very, very comfortable out here, and I know know the course very well. And um, but you still, I feel like you learn something new every time you play it. So that's why, you know, I I pick Mr. Jeff's brain every time we go play. I mean, I sat down with uh, Mr. Nicholas and talked to him a while about it. I've talked to Tiger about it. I mean, I I just want to be 
around and play practice rounds and kind of talk to guys who've had success there and know the course really well just because I feel like any information you have is so beneficial. And, I mean, my caddy, Jimmy Johnson, has caddied, you know, in Augusta probably any or more than any course or any tournament he's uh, he's ever been at. So that's uh, he's going to be very helpful for me as well. And, you know, players and golfers, I mean, Tiger was famous about this. He would say, um, you know, I, I prepare the same every week. I, I mean, like I understand the line, but getting set for a major, I mean, getting set for the Masters, I mean, it's it's been different for you, right? I mean, I mean, you've been you've had this date circle on your calendar for, for the whole year preparing to, to get set for these four days. I have, I have. I think it's it's crazy. You know, I was talking to talking to my dad about that and talking to Jimmy about that. It's like you know everyone puts so much preparation into this event and it's, it's just funny. It's like, you know, why do we not do this for every event? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's the masters and yeah, it's a major, but it's like, you know, we're, we're trying to peak, get our game peaking, get it the best, you know, at clicking in all cylinders. It's like, well, why I don't understand why we don't put this prep in <laughs> for every event. But uh, then again, you know, when you're playing 20, 20 so odd weeks a year, I don't think you physically can take that, but, yeah, I've had it circled for a while, and I've, I just, it's, I'm really, really excited to get going, and I think it's going to be a really cool experience for me. But at the same time, I, uh, I'm really ready to, you know, try to, try to get my way in, in contention, and uh, you know, see if I can make something happen. Yeah, and and, and I, as I mentioned, you you were on the Golf Digest podcast, and you mentioned that that you had plans for the Monday and Tuesday of Humana, and then Monday, Tuesday of last week uh, during the Shell Houston to go up to Augusta. Mm-hmm. Did you did you get all those practice rounds in? I did. I did. I and, went. Yeah, I went a couple months ago, and then yeah, I went last week and played. And I heard you played with somebody that uh, is a somewhat famous athlete, potentially. I did. I, I did. I played uh, on Monday. It was actually the only time I played out there without Mr. Knox. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't in town that day. But I played with um, Tom Brady and, and Jimmy Don and David Novak. That was. Uh, that was probably one of the cooler days on the golf course I think I've ever had. What's Tom Brady's golf game like? It was pretty good. He said he hadn't played in eight months, so I didn't really know what to expect. But, I mean, I, we added it up. I think he shot 10 over, 11 over, something like that. So, I mean, it's pretty respectable for taking eight months off. And he had a really good move at it. He just – you could. it was kind of interesting, you know, because of him holding that football so often and for so long in his life. You know, he has that right wrist, you know, a little, a little cupped. And because of that, he gets that club face pretty – pretty open at the top but that's be the same as anybody who does something in their sport for so long i mean it's the same reason why you know hockey players or or baseball players have a hard time you know hitting a cut because they're kind of used to that motion of just kind of slapping it and coming from the inside and it's uh but i mean it was uh it was fun he once he kind of got in it he really started hitting some good shots and he had some great chips and putts and um it was just really cool to be around him I, i've looked i've probably enjoyed watching him play football maybe more than any other uh, any other player in the NFL, so it was pretty cool to spend some time with him. Yeah, eight months off and you shoot 83. I mean, that that's pretty impressive. Peyton Manning famously said he once broke 80 at Augusta. But, you know, it's funny about Augusta National is, you know, tee to green, it's not the most, you know, grueling golf course in the mm-hmm. world. It's just about getting on those greens, and that's where, obviously, you know, if you if somebody takes a lot of time off before they go play there, that's where, obviously, yeah. it's going to show because you're going to see a lot of, like, three putts and even four putts. Exactly. It is. It's, it, I mean, it's sneaky from tee to green on some spots, but then again, there's some holes where 
if it's narrow, it seems like one side's a little bit worse than the other. So you just got to make sure you're on one side. And then if you get there, you just need to hit it on the right side of the green. So it, uh, you know, it's a course where if you're not playing well, you know, you're scrambling or if you're leaving in the wrong spot, it's tough to shoot under par, but I feel like if you're playing well and you really have control of your golf ball, you can make a, you know, you can get a amount of birdies. And going into the first round, so going into Thursday, in your opinion, what's the key to you having a good week at Augusta National? And you know, not just having a you know a top twenty-five or top twenty, but but getting in contention yeah. and having a chance. I think uh, just patience and, and discipline more than anything. I think it's it's uh, you know I've put in my work. I, I've I've done my homework on the golf course. I've I've done my preparation, and I feel like I'm you know where I need to be or very very close at least and. Now it's just about, you know, being smart and being patient and uh, not making any of those dumb mistakes. I wanted to ask, you You play golf with Tom Brady. You, you've played a lot of golf with Michael Jordan. You know, you're 22 years old. I mean, it, it, do you have moments where you're like, is this really happening in my life? Like, I mean, does it, is it, do you have moments where stuff's just crazy to you? Yeah, I think I need to sit back and think about that stuff more often. <laughs> I've been, I've definitely been fortunate to be in some pretty, pretty cool situations and play some pretty spectacular golf courses and go to some very special places because of where I am and what I've done. And it's, uh, I, I feel like I do probably take it for granted and I shouldn't, but it's, it is, it's awesome. And I'm, you know, I, I don't do that stuff because, you know, I don't want to be known as, you know, a big timer or a part of that lifestyle. I just, I really enjoy it. I do. I mean, I feel like I'm going to get a lot out of going out there and playing with MJ and talking smack all day and him trying to get in my head because if I feel like I can, I can hang with that, then I can hang with about anything, and I'm going to be mentally tougher because of it. So, um, although you know, we'll go play with stuff here and there. Same with playing with Steph and Andre at the pro am at Fry's. It's, you got to learn something every day you play, whether you're practicing or playing, and you just got to have some fun. Uh, what, what's MJ's go-to trash talk? I mean, is, is, he, is he like jingle the change in the pocket? Does he drop clubs? Does he do any of that stuff, or is it just between shots? Nah, he doesn't really have a go-to. It's he's <laughs> one of the wittiest. And I mean, him and Phil, they're different and they're trash talking, but man, they, they both can just come up with something right away better than, I mean, a lot of people I've ever been around and it's, uh, it's fun. It really is fun to play with. And, uh, when, so when you won, you, you won last year, uh, at the end of 2015, mm-hmm. first PGA tour win and, 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 and congrats by the way on that. But, um, what was it? What was the most random uh, message, or you know, congratulatory text, or, or even you know, Facebook message? Did you have anything that was like you were like, oh, a how did that person get my number, and b wow, I just got a message from blank. Um, I can't think of a message, uh, anything particular. I mean, the coolest thing I think I got was a handwritten letter from uh, President Bush from forty three. I thought that was. That was one of the sweetest things ever. I mean, he's got I got to meet him and play a couple holes with him at the Walker Cup, and you know, I don't know if it's him or someone else, but I don't really care. At the end of the day, it was pretty That's cool right. to get a letter from his from, long... uh, from him. Yeah, and, even if he just signs it, it's whoever. cool. That's right. <laughs> um, it, it's the same, you know, same as getting the letters from Mr. Palmer, Mr. Nichols, whatever it is, and it's just, uh, yeah, it was cool. Uh, and and obviously, I mean, you're, you're a big Bama guy. I mean, there's 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 no no way to shy away from that. Um, when you were there, uh, did you have any any interactions with with any football team situation, anything with, with, with Coach Saban or anything like that that, that kind of sticks out in your mind? Yeah, I mean, we got to know Coach Saban very well. He's, I would say, he knows 
all of us that were on the team. I don't know how close he is with the team now, but when I was there, I would say he knew all of us on the team by name. Uh, he would come out very often in the spring and come out and practice in the afternoon. He would come hang out with us. And uh, we spent, I think, a couple of the guys that maybe played with him. I never got a chance to play with him. Uh, so it was, I would have liked to, but I mean, we've, he worked with Coach Siebel on a swing, so he would come out and we would all be hanging out together. And he, he was still, he's very, very serious and you know he's not not out there you know just kind of bs and, and and this and that i mean it's he takes it seriously too he wants to get better but um it was it, it's cool uh, he's just i mean I, I just love the way he goes about everything he does and how he has a plan and whether it's football or golf or whatever it is so it was cool to kind of spend some time around him and get to know him a little bit and you've mentioned that you're an admitted golf nerd um, I wanted to ask, have mm-hmm. you have you watched? I mean, you've mentioned that you watch golf. I mean, you'll watch tournaments in the morning mm-hmm. before you go out in the afternoon to, to 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 see what's happening. Have you have you spent any time, you know, researching, watching old Masters or watching you know, oh, yeah. DVR Masters on on how it went down? Yes. Yeah, I've probably watched the one last year from last year, probably fifteen to twenty times. So Spieth's win in fifteen. I mean, is is there is there a favorite Masters that sticks out in your mind? I mean, it's hard to go against 05. That was one of the coolest things ever. I, I when I stayed in Butler Cabin, or not Butler, excuse me, not Butler Cabin, I stayed in um, one of the cabins last week at Augusta. I stayed Tuesday night, and they have every Masters from 1960 till the present on the TVs. And who I was staying with, we sat through, we watched a couple, and I, I'd never seen the entire 86 Masters. I mean, I obviously knew it happened, but that was incredible. Um, but man, I it was I was so upset watching you know when Kenny Perry lost. I, he's such a it would have been really cool for someone you know like him and another Kentucky native to uh, to get the jacket. So that obviously wasn't my favorite. But I I just kind of forgot how all that went down because I remember I was in a tournament and flying home and I just kind of read about it here and there, but didn't see all the shots. And um, I don't know. I, I just love them. I, I like the recent ones a little bit more than the older ones, but hard to go against uh 86 or, or 2005 yeah and, and the kenny perry masters is funny i mean if you rewatch that uh if you remember cabrera makes that birdie on 16 and you and you were kind of thinking oh, in the back huge. of your head yeah you're thinking of, thinking in the back of your head that that's a you know that was a that's a kind of important putt but kenny was still completely in charge of that that masters he I was. Mean, it was even after that birdie so you think about all the little things that have to happen in in i, would, I don't want to call it a collapse but you know when, when the tides turn on somebody and uh, and that's a crazy man. That's a good point you brought up because it really never looked like Kenny Perry was ever going to lose that. Yeah, it, it's a shame. It just he's. I mean, seriously, probably one of the nicest guys. I think anybody would, everybody would agree, he's one of the nicest guys out there. And um, it was a shame that put on Helmet on sixteen. I see. I didn't know he made that. I knew Kenny had a two shot lead with two to go, but I did not know on Helmet that putt. And I was like, man, that's that's a big difference right there. And you know. The, thing is though is he really didn't hit that bad of a shot on 17 just probably adrenaline got him like it's gotten everybody in golf at some point and it just i mean i'd be pretty nervous too if i have a two-shot lead and i have a chip on 17 obviously i hope to find that out sooner rather than later but um you know it is what it is and but it was uh it was a bummer to watch yeah it's tough especially when you when you get you know to to the end of your i guess pga tour career i mean obviously Mm -hmm. you know kenny a guy now on, on, on champions but you know, when you look back and you think about this moment or that, that that's what's so cruel about golf is, I mean, I'm, I'm reading um, a book about Oakmont right now, and there's so many moments at U.S. Opens there 
one shot or one missed putt, and that person's now yeah. a major champion forever, and or you're not. Yeah. It's just crazy when you think about it. When when you talk to guys like Jack and Tiger about Augusta, is it is it about you know is it about the way you play it? Is it about position off the tee? Is it about areas that to not mess with whole locations to, to to basically say I'll take four I'll take a par and get out of here is is it about situational things or is it more about uh just how the course can play in different uh, maybe different weather conditions or different you know different, kind of drier or, or faster I mean for me I just kind of started out like just give me any advice you have just off the bat and then I mean there's certain holes I kind of had uh questions on whether it was a pin location or a tee location or firmness or softness um you know, what to hit off a couple tees. And, I mean, that would kind of, you know, that would snowball into something else or another hole. So it just kind of one thing seemed to always lead to another. But it was more so just kind of like a, a strategy and game plan kind of thing. And, and speaking of strategy, uh, give me three shots at Augusta National that you, you cannot lose focus on. I mean, the, the three most important shots of the round um, there at Augusta. That's tough. Um I mean, you got to think 12 for sure. Um, for people that haven't played 12, is there any way to explain it? Is there any way to explain how a 155, 160-yard par 3 is, is basically doomsday if you don't hit a perfect golf shot? Yeah, it's just that wind. It's, uh, I mean, a couple of times I've played there, I've been on the tee, and you look up, you look over to your left and 11 green, and that the pins whipping up toward 11 fairway and then you look at the pin on 12 and it's going down toward 13 T and then you're like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do now? <laughs> what am I supposed to play this win? Right. So I think that's the, that's the big thing just because long is bad and short is obviously bad. And it's just such a t- narrow, great, it's, just, it's, it's such a great hole. It really is. It's, I mean, if you play it one under, it's just, it's a great, great score for the week. And um, it, it depends on the wind. If it's not very windy, it's not a very hard shot. If it is windy, it's an extremely difficult shot. So it's just it, it is. It's it's uh, it's a great hole. Yeah, and, and and it's the same as the approach on fifteen. I mean, you know, when you think about your second shot mm-hmm. at fifteen, a hole where obviously you're probably thinking birdie on the tee, but mm-hmm. the landing area there, especially with some of those hole locations. I mean, you're talking about landing on the top of a very very small dinner table if you want to keep it even on the putting surface. Yeah, yeah, that was probably going to be one of my other ones. That's a that's a tough second shot if you're going for it. So if you, when when tea times come out um, and you're Thursday tea time, if it's early, is there going to be much sleep? I mean, are, are you going to be are you going to be so amped up that it's going to be tough to get a full night's sleep, or have you got that pretty much under control at this point? I don't know. I, I think I'll be fine, but at the same, time, I mean, I I wake up early about all the time. I can't sleep in very well anymore, so. It's the afternoon tea times I struggle with because I I have a hard time sleeping past seven thirty. So, um, I, I think I'll be okay. It's it's hard to say. I think I think the first couple rounds it won't be bad. I mean, getting in contention Saturday or Sunday will be different. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll uh, I'll let you know here in a couple of days. That's exactly right. Well, uh, I'll ask you some quick rapid fire questions, then I'll let you go. I know, I know you got a lot of stuff going. If there was a restaurant or fast food chain that sponsored your generation's PGA Tour players, what would it be? I would say that, that the players use the most is Chipotle, but I don't like Chipotle. I personally would like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. They're on, on your sleeve, coming soon. Who's the best putter mm-hmm. you know? It's hard to go against Jordan. 
I was trying really hard not to bring up Jordan Spieth's name through the Trust whole podcast. Trust me, I was, I was trying to think of something else, but I mean, I can't really <laughs> deny it. I was, that was my whole thing. I was not going to say anything about that guy through I, the whole You deal. know what? I appreciate you making it that, you not bringing up his name. I think that might be a first. I, 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 was, I, I, was, I was trying. Even when I said the 2015 Masters, I was trying not to say anything about it. <laughs> um, who's the best pro athlete golfer you know? Best pro athlete golfer? Probably, hmm. Probably Steph Curry. Is, I mean, is he legit a two or three? Yeah, he's good. Okay, I mean, he hits it hits it pretty hard. Yeah, he does. He he played well the day I played with him. I mean, he's uh, he hits it nice. He, he just always kept it in front of him, and he had good fundamentals, and he just he was a good player. I was it's, impressed. I'm glad he's got that golf thing to go back on because I'm not sure this NBA thing is going to work out for him. Um, yeah, I think things will turn around for him. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully he can make it. I mean, it's, it's, seriously, the guy's like the most amazing shooter of all time. He's a really good golfer. He's a really nice guy. He's a good family guy. Not, there, there's got to be one flaw. We'll wait and see. What's the What's the most popular yeah. game that 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 you and you your buddies play um, on a consistent basis? You know, when you when you're back home in Florida. Um, probably just like a, I mean, a two on two best ball kind of thing. We'll play five man wolf every once in a while, but I don't really like that game, but I like a good, good two on two, just best ball or two on two hammer. If you play five man wolf, um, do you go blind wolf ever? Uh, no, I don't think so. I hate that game. I always feel like I play better than everybody else and I lose the most money. I don't like that game very much. Always paying. That's the worst. It's, it's a fun game if again, it's a fun game if it's going your way, especially if you're hitting it good because then you're just on you're just on everybody's team the whole time. You just you just gotta ride whoever's hot and wolf is what I've come to figure out. Um, you have talked a lot about Ryder Cup and, and your aspirations to be on the team this year and obviously playing well and and, and, and hopefully gonna make it because I, I hope there's a whole bunch of new blood. Who's your dream Ryder Cup partner? Not, not to bring him up again, but I would say Jordan. We we seem to do pretty well together. We, we can't we can't avoid the guy. He's, he's just he's unavoidable. Um, there, I mean, there's so many there's so many I could come up with though. There really is. I mean, Patrick Rogers and I have a very stout record playing together, and and you know Palmer Cups, Walker Cups. But uh, I know Jordan and I have won some big matches, so it's it's going to be hard to bet against them. I mean, have you told anybody in the Ryder Cup area, the the team, the captains, have you told them that you've never lost a team competition before? I think you're three and zero, aren't you? We lost a freaking burger and Jimmy last year. Oh, did you? Uh, okay. Was, we lost on eighteen. We we've won. We've won much more than three, though. I I would put our put our record something around anywhere from five to uh, probably six to eight or nine or ten and one something okay. like that. Okay. Um, you're on the 18th hole at Augusta National on Sunday, okay? You have a one-shot mm-hmm. lead. You can pick mm-hmm. any distance for your second shot and what club you're going to hit. What are you picking? I can pick any distance? Yeah, like any. I mean, your second shot, it's your number. You get to pick a number, one-shot lead. All you need is four. I'm going with my tee shot. Somehow I'll hit four straight sprinkler heads, and I got about a six-footer <laughs> up the hill for two, and I just gotta, I just got to keep breathing, and I can three-pot from there to win. <laughs> You, your heart would be beating so much. You just hope, hoping it hit the right sprinkler heads. It's like Bubba's tee shot on thirteen a couple of years ago. I mean, that was a line that, uh-huh. that, that humans don't take. So maybe there's a line on eighteen yeah. that we haven't seen somebody take yet. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good luck this week. I mean, it, it's going to be a fun week. You know, you know, good or bad. You know, win or not win. I mean, it's going to be a memorable one. 
and we wish you all the best and appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks, Shane. Well, that was fun. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of great stuff in there. Tom Brady, Steph Curry. Uh, it, it was cool to hear him, you know, compare Michael Jordan to Phil Mickelson in the sense of trash talking. Uh, obviously not two maybe you'd put together uh, there. So uh, just a fun conversation. I really appreciate it from Justin. So thanks for, for hopping on with us. Uh, hopefully he has a good week this week uh, in his first Masters. And um, as, as I mentioned earlier, if you have any questions, comments, uh, really anything, hit us up at the Clubhouse Pod on Twitter. You can send emails to us at the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon at gmail.com. Use the hashtag Clubhouse SB. Any questions, any mailbag questions you want answered next week, obviously going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, on Monday's podcast following the Masters. So make sure you check that out. And do us a favor, go subscribe. Uh, if you subscribe, write a review. It helps out a lot. Um, so if you get on iTunes or, or wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, just subscribe, write a good review, and uh, and we'll just keep pumping these things out. So there you go. Uh, it is Masters Eve, and it's exciting. I'm fired up. Uh, I can't wait to get out to Augusta. So going to be a good week. Uh, I'm excited. And make sure you follow along on Twitter all week long. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun stuff going there as well. So uh, a good conversation with Justin and, and, and you know, really two, two fun podcasts uh, as we get set for the first major. So make sure you check back on Monday as we will recap the Masters. <laughs>